is the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Thanks for giving the show a download. I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Oh, my goodness gracious sakes alive. Do we ever have the show of shows on tap today? Let me tell you something. We are doing something historic on the show today. Matt, I, Okay, so it may not be history, history, but it's historic for the show because for the first time ever, we are taking the exam room on location, not to a conference. No, no. Although ICNM was fun, we are taking the show on the road to an actual orchard where they grow a whole bunch of stuff, including pumpkins. And you say, well, pumpkins? Why pumpkins? Because, as you know, this show today... All about pumpkins, the health benefits, Pumpkin 101. How many different kinds of pumpkins are there? I don't know, but we're going to find out in this particular show. It's going to be so much fun. We're going to go up to Butler's Orchard and uh, take a walk around with a third-generation pumpkin grower, uh, Ben Butler. Going to learn a whole bunch of stuff there. But before we get to that, we got to find out, well, how healthy is a pumpkin? I suspect, seeing as though it's... From the ground, it's plant-based. My gut tells me it's pretty healthy. My gut also tells me it's pretty tasty. So to talk about this, to find out how tasty, how nutritious, how delicious, we welcome to the show from the Barnard Medical Center registered dietitian and a personal friend, Lee Crosby. Hello. Hello, Chuck. Thanks for being here. Glad to do it. You like pumpkins? I love pumpkin. Yeah? Yep. Did you carve them growing up? I did. Okay. Yeah. Now, when were you introduced to the wonderful taste that is pumpkin. I can't remember, so probably before I had memory. All right, so two, now, three, I don't know. Here's here's the better question. When the seasons change, mm-hmm. Labor Day comes. Oh boy. Do you go crazy for pumpkin spice everything? It really varies by year. By year. By year. And this year? Actually not as much. More because no. the fall snuck up on me. I'm really just now getting into the fall spirit, and it's getting on to the holidays. Okay. Oops. <laughs> Does this mean that you're going to be enjoying pumpkin spice everything until, I don't know, a couple weeks past the new year, maybe? Uh, probably into late spring. Oh, really? Oh, I love pumpkin. I'm just a late adopter this year. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, you have brought with you a couple of wonderful pumpkin recipes that we're going to talk about. I have. You are a culinary whiz. This is why we keep oh, bringing you back. Lee. But I do like some pumpkin. Oh. Yep, yep. Uh, but before we get to recipes and such, we must talk about what is actually in a pumpkin. It's big, it's orange, but inside <laughs> there's a whole bunch of nutrients. All kinds of good stuff. What is in there? And uh, a pumpkin, by the way, that's just what we call it. Mm-hmm. But a pumpkin is actually, uh, and, and I'm sure I'm going to butcher this. But get ready for the sixth grade Latin to come out. Uh, cucurbita pipo. <laughs> I can't. I can't take you seriously right now. Curcubita pipo. That's what I said. Pipo. Pipo. What's up, pipo? Uh, anyway, so that is the the Latin <laughs> oh, gracious. of a pumpkin, and we're already off the rails, and we're what three minutes into the show. About right. Uh, but uh, in all seriousness, I mean, lay question here. How healthy is a pumpkin in your eyes? Super duper healthy. That is the technical term. Super duper. I don't know how to say that in Latin, but super duper healthy. Super duper. Yep. All right. You want to hear what's in a pumpkin I that mean, makes absolutely. it so great? It, 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 it is a squash, right? It is a winter squash. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Winter squash. Winter squash. And in said winter squash is? Lots of stuff. Right yes. up front, you can see that it's bright orange, so... Does that ring any bells for you? Ooh, ooh, Bright ooh, orange? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Me, ooh. me, me. What, what? Uh, beta you. carotene. Beta carotene. That's yeah. right. Vitamin A, beta carotene. 
And that's important for a, a lot of different reasons. But we've got the importance for vision. So everyone thinks about carrots for vision, but you can think about pumpkins for vision too. Your immune system requires vitamin A to function well. Um, helps the heart, lungs, kidneys, other organs, even your skin. We'll talk about that a little bit. So yeah, pretty much everything benefits from getting vitamin A and beta carotene from Whole Foods. Mm, mm-hmm. Pumpkin. That, that just rocks. Yeah, pumpkin. Um, yeah, I think you, we went on and on about beta carotene in another show. Uh, sweet potatoes and oh, yeah. carrots and literally anything that's orange. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's that's some good stuff. Let's uh, let's dive a little bit more into this. Um, you mentioned the, the eyesight and, and actual health, but haven't there been a, a couple studies as well uh, with regards to vitamin A and cancer, maybe? Yeah. So, again, beta carotene, which is a form of vitamin A, is itself an antioxidant and mm-hmm. has some cancer-fighting properties. Interestingly, smokers, because they smoke, tend to have higher levels of free radicals in their blood, and that's due to some of the sort of dangerous chemicals they inhale. Plug, plug, if you smoke. Great time to stop. Um, <laughs> but antioxidants can actually lower the risk of lung cancer for smokers. But interestingly, that only holds for antioxidants from food, to the best of my knowledge. The only study that they used testing an actual, they actually tested vitamin A from a supplement, and they actually found that it increased the risk of lung cancer. So this is something you really want to get from your whole plant foods, you know, like you said, the carrots, the sweet potatoes, the pumpkins, right. and not from a pill. Interesting. Yep. All right. Get it, mm-hmm. get it from your food. Um, what about specific uh, to, to women? Um, I think that I saw that uh, it's really good for uh, maybe helping to lower the risk of breast cancer. Yeah, it is associated with a lower risk of breast cancer. So another great reason. Um, again, it's just there's so much going on here in terms of every system in the body really benefits when you're getting a good solid dose of vitamin A from your whole plant foods. Now, Lee, I can't tell you... I- a day doesn't go by where somebody on the street doesn't stop me. They say, hey, sir, you're mm. glowing. You've got that <laughs> wonderful skin. And I say, I, hey, yep. it's because of that plant-based diet. But you say mm. specific in that plant-based diet also what, vit- vitamin A here? Yeah, apparently vitamin A. Again, we're not talking like the cream stuff that you put on. We're talking about just vitamin A in your foods helps new skin cells to grow and helps them to repair. So if you want to keep that skin dewy and glowy, go ahead and have another serving of pumpkin. Look at me. 36. So do we. Going on 22. <laughs> oh, How boy. How are you doing? Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, cold and flu season, though. I mean, I think you touched on this immunity as well. Absolutely, yeah. So you need it to make healthy white blood cells, and those are the guys that fight off the germs and the bad guys. So you really want to make sure that you are getting these good pumpkin and other kinds of winter squash and other carotenoid-rich vegetables and fruits so that your immune system is pumped up for cold and flu season because that's coming down the pike. Uh, Is vitamin A one of those nutrients that the body maybe has a a difficult time trying to absorb? Is there something that maybe we could eat to help boost that absorption? I know vitamin C helps absorb other types of nutrients, so I'm kind of curious, like, where vitamin A is. Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that. So this is, again, some of the sort of of food magic that goes on. Synergy. Yeah. Love that word. Okay, so basically vitamin A is actually fat-soluble. So we had... we. 
we had talked in the past about nuts and seeds, and now is a great time if you're going to have those nuts and seeds to put a little sprinkle of them if you're doing like a pumpkin pie oatmeal, which is so good, to just go ahead and sprinkle some pecans or walnuts on top of that. It's going to actually, that small amount of fat, whole food fat in those nuts and seeds can actually help you absorb a little bit more of the vitamin A than you would have gotten otherwise. Kind of makes me wonder if you sprinkle pumpkin seeds on top of that pumpkin mm-hmm. pie oatmeal, if yeah, that would do the trick. Absolutely. Hmm. Those are a decent source of zinc, too. Fun now, fact. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I do enjoy some pumpkin seeds. Yep. And they are readily available year round. That is true. God bless them. Yep. Um, hold up. You, you, what, you what, threw what? me off with this pumpkin pie oatmeal. Oh, like, sorry. What is this delicious? <laughs> I mean, it's not hard. It's just something you can throw together. You just stir some pumpkin into your regular oatmeal, put some raisins in there, a little bit of pumpkin pie spice, a little pinch of salt, which I'm not a huge fan of adding tons of salt, but it can sort of help counteract a little bit of the bitterness you can get in some of the pumpkin pie spices and just whatever sweetener you like, a little maple syrup, chop up some dates. Done. Yum. So great. Chef Lee Crosby coming through. I mean, it's one of those things where you just you can't mess it up. I love it. You can't mess it up. Uh, just mentioned the uh, vitamin C. I'm I'm curious about this. I mean, obviously we we hear about you know citrus fruits in particular having high levels of vitamin C. Does pumpkin also have. Yeah, a pumpkin amount? surprisingly has vitamin C. Now, when you cook it, it's gonna the levels are gonna drop a little bit. But if you've ever cooked pumpkin from scratch, you know that you start out with a whole lot of pumpkin and it cooks down to not all that much pumpkin so yeah you're actually getting a pretty decent amount of vitamin c in your pumpkin who knew who did know right uh what else is vitamin c good for so vitamin c also important for immune function there's not as much data as it used to be thought that wow if you just take lots of vitamin c you're not going to get colds that's not true but it is important for for healthy immune function um it's also important for wound healing so if you've had surgery or anything like that making sure you get enough vitamin c helpful and like you mentioned vitamin c does help the body to absorb iron particularly from plant sources so if someone's a little bit low and they want to increase their iron absorption because that's the important piece then they can just have some vitamin c rich foods with their iron rich foods yeah i know a little bit about iron absorption mm-hmm. uh it's been an interesting year on this show um question for you uh i, I, I believe in the past we've also and maybe forgive me this could have been with another guest mm-hmm. i don't know uh but vitamin c also ha- plays a role in cancer prevention as well as treatment correct I'm not as familiar on that topic, but I would imagine that certainly in terms of prevention and risk reduction, because it's an antioxidant itself, so that's good. But also the foods that contain a lot of vitamin C tend to be those cancer-fighting fruits and vegetables. So yeah, I would say absolutely. Um, And I think that in the research that I did, I believe uh, NIH, uh, they're very reputable, obviously, um, they found that... um, Supplementing with vitamin C does not have the same effect as eating a whole food that contains vitamin C. I'm kind of sensing a theme there overall. Yeah, that is a pretty typical theme. We we all like to think that we can just take a shortcut and take a pill, but there's so much more going on in food than just any single substance. There are substances in foods we haven't even identified yet, certainly. Right. So making sure that you're eating that whole foods, so you're getting all of these things together. Like, like you've seen, they work, these nutrients work in concert. So the more you can eat the whole food that contains hundreds or thousands of different chemicals, most of which I would imagine are beneficial if you're getting something that grows from the ground, you're in a better place. For sure. Yep. Uh, what about heart health? Does vitamin C uh, play a role there too? 
Yeah, again, people who are eating vitamin C rich foods tend to have healthier hearts. But again, that is probably due to some of the other things in the foods as well. Although having the antioxidant power of vitamin C would certainly benefit um, cardiovascular health. There you go. Well, yeah, overall theme, vitamin yeah. C, healthy thing, probably just eating healthy foods overall, healthy I mean, diet. there may be something to the actual vitamin C itself, but I, I, I'm a little concerned about people thinking, oh, well, I can just go then take a supplement. It's like you're just not going to get the same kind of benefit and boost, and potentially there can be a small risk when you isolate something and take it in sort of like a medical level, like a pharmacological level right, versus right. eating small amounts of it the way nature intended right. in the whole foods. Right, right, yeah, right. You bet. Where does orange juice fall in that scale? Like, uh, does your body absorb that the same way that it would if you eat an orange, per se? Well... Or, in this case, seeing as though this is a show about pumpkins, if you eat the pumpkin. I would say you would probably get a little more absorption. You'd get it a little more rapidly, but you'd miss out on all the, fi- not all the fiber, but on the vast majority of the fiber. You would bring up fiber, wouldn't I you? have to, you know, you come are on. The fiber have you queen, met me? The fiber queen. <laughs> Where is your sash and scepter? I know. I mean, it is unbelievable. Yep. We can't go a show. Honest to God. <laughs> go back and listen to any of the exam room podcasts that Lee has been on. It just keeps turning up. You cannot get away from fiber. It's like a bad penny, like a good penny. Seriously, that's right. You know, mm-hmm. I would. Is that is that the you don't want to get away? Pony? You don't want to get away from fiber. Well, your license plate says fiber, doesn't it? <laughs> it? It should. It really. It should. really should. It really, really it should. should. Um, oh, gracious! Thanksgiving coming yeah. up, fall. Love it. You know, pumpkin central. Every, right. Yep. Uh, but for many people. Talking about turkey and Thanksgiving, and the thing that I always laughed about growing up with turkey was, well, it made you sleepy. Mm-hmm. Do a little bit more research. It's because of the tryptophan in the turkey. So they say. And the fact that you're just stuffing yourself. Yeah, that's too. Silly. But tryptophan also found in <gasps> a pumpkin. There's protein in a pumpkin? No. Yeah, I know. Hard to believe there is protein in a pumpkin including the amino acid tryptophan, although not quite as much as in turkey. So pumpkin, you're getting about 14 milligrams in, uh, and that's, I think that's just about a cup raw. So maybe, maybe about twice that if you're having a cup cooked. Right. Um, Turkey, we're talking like 330 milligrams. So, you know, it's not the same, but most people wouldn't think of pumpkin as having protein, but use flash. It does. Just a slight difference. Um, You know what? I completely forgot to ask, man. We were just talking about fiber. Like, how much fiber is actually in pumpkin? Is it is it a healthy dose? Like, I'm so it, glad like you a asked. Serious fiber shot here. It's like a good shot of fiber, about nice. seven grams in a cup of canned pumpkin. Really? Mm-hmm. So, wow. That's Although, fun fact, is Yo. canned pumpkin actually pumpkin? Now we could debate this. Mm-hmm. It, the um, it it. I don't know, to be honest with you. I think it might depend on the manufacturer of said pumpkin. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. That's what I'm getting. Um, I know that if you ask a grower, they will tell you that it is a a blend of various winter squashes. Mm -hmm. Perhaps pumpkin's one of them. Right. Uh, But I know that there is at least one manufacturer who has gone so far as to uh, develop their own pumpkin. And they use that that exclusively. In theirs. And it happens to be, Lee, the hmm. leading manufacturer of canned pumpkin. Really? So if you 
are going to have a pumpkin pie or make the delicious pumpkin oatmeal that you were talking about. Anything Yum. pumpkin, any recipe that calls for it, odds are you're eating this proprietary blend of pumpkin. Not not wow. blend, just that pumpkin. That would be the Dickinson pumpkin from Libby's. All right. So the next time you're at trivia night. That's right. Uh, that question isn't going to be asked, but. If it is. Carry yourself a you little bit taller first. because, you know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, wow. This has been Stupid Trivia on the exam room. <laughs> I'm Chuck Carroll. Thanks for listening. Uh, no, seriously. Uh, I, I absolutely love pumpkin. I'm not one of those guys that um, looks forward to fall simply because, yay, pumpkin everything. But, right. I mean, I love it. Like, last weekend, I made a huge pot of pumpkin chili that my wife Yum. and I have been enjoying. I mean, it's it so is, good. Oh, it's so great. We put four different kinds of beans in there. Oh, get out. Know, a bunch of vegetables. Throw little lentils in there. I mean, this is a hearty chili. It's yeah. going to fill you up, but it tastes like pumpkin, and it's warm, Sweet. and it's cold outside, <laughs> and it is good eats, let me tell yep. you. Yep. Uh, but I won't be sharing that because you know why? Why? That is my own private take to what? the grave recipe. Right oh, there. come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's allowed. You're going to have to back up the truck if you want that recipe. Let me tell you Oh, what, boy. Man. I'm guarding this, man. <laughs> guarding it with my life. No one asking for the pumpkin chili recipe. No, it's, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Hmm. It's my wife's friend's mother's recipe. Oh, wow. That I've modified. So you're kind of sworn to secrecy, though, because you don't want to give away your friend's mom's secret recipe. Well, how could it be a secret recipe if that recipe was given to me? That's a lot of logic. The recipe happening the, the right now. The secrets start with me, right? <laughs> okay. All right. <gasps> you bet. I'm the CIA of pumpkin of chili. Pumpkin chili. Secrets and no espionage, Miss Crosby. All right. All right. I don't know. All right. Okay. Uh, but you, you also like to get in the uh, the kitchen and play mad culinary science. I do. Well, right? It's a lot of fun. And uh, y- your website, Veggie Quest, yes. is uh, also a ton of fun because if you go on there and you search pumpkin recipes, there's a lot of pumpkin stuff on there. You, you did, you man. You had a pumpkin bonanza. Yeah, you can put. Well, the nice thing, pumpkin is so versatile. I'm, I'm so excited for this part because you can really use pumpkin pretty much anywhere. Mm. So. One of my favorite places now that it's fall, I know it's been fall for a while, but again, I'm finally just now coming around to it, um, is to put it in your hot chocolate because really? it's creamy. You don't actually, if you're using a canned pumpkin, you don't really have to do much to it. You can just stir it in. Really? Yep. And then you add a little cinnamon to it or pumpkin pie spice and maybe a little extra sweetener because you're obviously going to be adding more volume. Right. So tasty. Right. Super easy. Uh, you can sweeten that with dates, right? You if know? you have a high-speed blender, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, but you need something pretty powerful. You need like a, you know, a Ninja, Vitamix, something along those lines. Mm. Um, and make sure you take the pit out of the date. Good tip. That's a mistake you only make once. Good tip. <laughs> oh, so along those lines, I was telling mm-hmm. my friend, I was giving him a, a, another smoothie recipe. He's just got himself one of those high-speed blenders, and he's having a lot of fun with it. It's a game changer. And, well, he was making this smoothie, and I was like, man, you're missing out, right? So it's like, he's like, i got to add so much ice to it. I was like, why aren't you freezing your bananas first? Yeah. Right? I was like, that way the smoothie's not watered down. <laughs> Did you like that tone? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he comes back. He's like, Chuck, it's a really good idea, but I'm dumb. I said, well, you strike me as an intelligent guy. You work for ESPN. I sure. said, uh, what happened? He's like, I didn't peel the banana before I put it in the freezer. Wait. Oh, how'd that go? He did not. Oh, it did it. it that, like, <laughs> that was that was a non-starter, man. Like, he say, pulled that thing out, and it was like, huh. as hard as a rock. I'm just trying to visualize how one would go about remedying that situation without a microwave. You got to just let it thaw <laughs> and try again oh, tomorrow. Oh, boy. I don't know. Like, 
he he went without <laughs> Poor the banana guy. that day. Yeah, I'd say so. I think he just had water that morning. Mm, uh, water. But, uh, but anyway, so we're going to uh, put this, this recipe to this uh, pumpkin hot chocolate up there. Uh, you calculated this, and it came out to only 62 calories. Yeah, there. now there was a little cheat. I used stevia as a sweetener, or okay. I might have done Truvia in this one. But yeah, I used, I used a non- caloric sweetener but i used one of the safer versions okay. so um, yes well i should say one of my preferred versions i noticed uh on here uh, uh vanilla almond milk unsweetened yes important that it's vanilla just for flavor or can you i like the vanilla milk? for flavor okay. sure but if you have regular unsweetened just throw some vanilla extract in there bonus points they actually make a vanilla bean powder so they grind up vanilla beans yeah it's it costs a little bit more but it is super tasty no mm-hmm. oh i do like that. yep Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm assuming really any plant-based milk would work there, right? So oh, yeah, of course. Milk. Yeah, yeah. That's just my, my own personal preference. Okay. Um, what about something a little bit more hearty? Uh, let's talk about maybe like a, a stew or something like that. Again, pumpkin to the rescue. This is a cauliflower pumpkin curry recipe. You you can, it makes this really creamy curry sauce that is absolutely delightful. And the base is pumpkin, so you don't have to add any other thickeners or starches or anything like that to get a creamy sauce base. Really, and the color is spot on because you're going to put curry powder in it. Yeah, I can. I like. So I'm good. sitting here thinking about it, and I'm like, yeah. No, the it's, pumpkin flavor with the curry. It's delightful. That would definitely work. Oh, it works beautifully. And then for topping, again, if you wanted to do just like a little handful of dried fruit and a little bit of nuts and seeds on top of the curry, that sweet savory combo with the pumpkin sauce. Oh man, it's delicious. So what 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 all is in here? Uh, let's run down the ingredients real quick. Uh, this one definitely piqued my interest. And yes, uh, you can find this on uh, VeggieQuest.com and uh, we will also be linking off to that on the podcast page. And odds are I'm also going to be tweeting out a link to it from, all right. uh, from my Twitter. To, yes. To be fair, I'm not sure this exact recipe is on VeggieQuest, but I'm pretty sure I linked to it. A link to it is because that's, <laughs> that's where I that got That is to. correct. I'm yes. going to say, yep, yes. yep, yep. But you can see a beautiful picture because I've made this so many times. It is so good. And it's just so easy. Is this one of those that you have committed to memory now where you don't even have to reference anything? Well, it is by the end of the fall. And again, my fall started like today. So, you know, (laughs) talk to me in a month. Okay. (laughs) You know, better late than never, okay? (laughs) All right. Well, we've got the ingredients in front of you. So you uh, begin the process of committing to memory once again. What what do we have here? We have a head of cauliflower. So Mm -hmm. you chop it up into florets, you steam it, and then you make the sauce. You use pumpkin, veggie broth some mild curry powder you can do you know spicy if that's your thing i'm a little bit of a wimp so i kind of stick with the mild cumin ginger a little bit of paprika and then once you're done you can add chickpeas or cube tofu or and and put this over rice or quinoa anything you want but really you just you make the sauce you toss it with the cauliflower and beans or tofu if you want to add that and then you're done top it again you can top with dried cranberries or a little bit of raisins or golden raisins any kind of just like uh, chopped nuts or seeds, if you like that kind of thing. So good. Seems so good. Pretty easy. Yeah. Oh, and if you have fresh cilantro around the house, also good. Ooh. Around the house. In your fridge. Right. I don't I don't necessarily equate cilantro with fall, but it certainly sounds good here. It works really nicely on a curry. Uh, how long does that take? Are we talking about a big time commitment here? No. No, because that's the thing. You don't have to let any sauce thicken. You really just have to mix it and heat it. I mean, the longest thing here would be to steam the cauliflower. But if you do that in the microwave, you know, you can be having, you can have that steam while you're making the sauce. So really, this is under 30 minutes. Wow. Especially if you buy the pre-cut cauliflower. That's good. And today's go, go, go life. Yep. Mm. So people say they don't have time to cook. And I'm like, you know, shortcuts. Yeah. It's all about doing that sort of shortcut. Yeah. Yep. Man. Hack your kitchen. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. So I know what's for dinner tonight. Yum. Good deals. Mm-hmm. I always love having you on the show. You know, we learned a lot about the nutrition of the pumpkin, and now we know that you can make a curry, a cauliflower curry with pumpkin. Yep. Like, who knew? So versatile. I do know. I'm telling you. You're pumpkin's the way to go. Clearly. <laughs> clearly. You can even use it in baked goods. Fun fact. I know that's a little sidebar, but you can use it like applesauce in baked goods. Right on. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm excited. Yep. All right. So I've, I've learned a ton from you. Now I'm going to head over to the orchard. I'm going to learn a whole lot more from Ben Butler, uh, who I'm sure, I mean, third generation grower. you got to think that this guy just knows everything. He's got to know it all. Right? Yeah. Right? Mm. That's what I'm counting on anyway. Uh, but before we head uh, up the road there, up 270 here in the D.C. area, um, quick reminder, yes. you uh, are available to meet upstairs at the Barnard Medical Center. That is correct. That's cool. Yep. Uh, if you're in the Washington, D.C. area, you can absolutely call and schedule an appointment to meet with Lee. Uh, you can go over their nutrition profile. Yeah, we'll go over medical history, nutrition, any kinds of changes that will help them meet their health goals. You bet. You can you can get yourself in a, in a really good place by helping, you know, clean up your diet. And if you need help with that, I'm your one. That's right. And the best part is if you have insurance, odds are they take it. That is correct. Uh, so check that out, barnardmedical.org, or jot this number down, 202-527-7500. That's how you make an appointment to go see Lee. And uh, if you're on the social media, check her out, at veggie underscore quest on the Twitter and veggie-quest.com to That's check right. out the website with all of those delicious, yummy, yummy Yummy recipes. Yummy pumpkin recipes, especially. That's right. Love it. Cucurbita Peepo <laughs> recipes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, I'm going to head up the road to Butler's Orchard. Lee Crosby, thank you so much. Great to be here, Chuck. Here we are at Butler's Orchard just outside of Washington, D.C. I mean, just take a look around at this place. This is a gem, just about 40 miles outside of the heart of the nation's capital. And we have just acres and acres and acres of beautiful pumpkins. And this is Pumpkin 101. That's exactly what we're going to call this segment, Pumpkin 101. And we're here with Ben Butler, who is the aforementioned. Where do you fall in the lineage of Butler's Orchard? I'm a third generation. I'm the youngest of the third generation. My grandparents started it in 1950. Okay, so in the Butler family, they have been doing this for a long time. And so you, sir, qualify as an expert Uh on all things pumpkin. That's me. So what I'm going to ask to do, let's take a walk through the field today. I'm really excited to be taping the show on location. I want to ask about the growing process and the different kind of pumpkins that are grown here. And maybe is it different? for the, the growing process for some pumpkins versus another and you know sure we'll talk a little bit maybe about the flavors and what they're good for you we'll just have a good time pumpkin 101 man i'm pumped this is who else can i talk about this with can't have my friends talk about pumpkins all the time so this is great i'm glad you're here <laughs> we're glad to be here too <laughs> so let's start with this i mean how many acres of pumpkins do you guys have we try to grow around 20 acres every year um we're obviously tight on land here at butler's um so, you know, ideally I'd like 80 or 100 acres. Right. But uh, we, make, we make 20 acres work. But the actual farm here is 300 and some odd? Right. So we farm about 320, 330 acres. Um, and it's, it doesn't feel like a lot, but it's a lot of ground. So you have all that acreage. Just as background, you grow a lot more than just pumpkins here. Obviously, you've got 
uh, the apple orchards right over there. What else mm -hmm. do you guys grow? Yeah, so we focus on small fruit, tree fruit, and vegetables. So small fruit being strawberries, blueberries, um, raspberries and blackberries, black raspberries as well, which is kind of unique. Um, tree fruit being apples and ch tart cherries. Uh, vegetables, we have a, a pick-your-own-flower garden as well as tomatoes and peppers. We also grow vegetables for our market, so eggplant, okra, uh, melons, tomatoes, broccoli, cauliflower, all kinds of stuff. I call this my happy place. Uh, but we're here today to talk about pumpkins, so let's kind of walk us through this. As we're taping this, I mean, this is the height of pumpkin season right before Halloween. Everybody's yes. coming out here. And this is an orchard where people can actually come and pick their pumpkins, and that's why we're staring literally at thousands of them right now. <laughs> and uh, you can kind of see all the, foot, all the footprints of uh, people who have walked over the vegetation over the last few weeks. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah so, I mean, it's a, it's a long process, and this is, you know, our... Christmas Eve almost, you know, right. we're really, we're really happy to have people out and, and our whole business model is to share the experience of what we have with people in the DC area. Right. So, you know, kids and, and even adults who have never been able to be on a farm or experience to see how things grow. We like to give our customers that experience. Let's get down to the nitty gritty about pumpkins. Sure. This pumpkin right here. Yep. When was this planted? So these pumpkins are planted, I usually try to shoot for mid to early June. Okay. Um, depending on the varieties, uh, some in 90 days to harvest, 100 days to harvest, depending on how big they're gonna be and how many fruit they will produce. So we shoot for mid June. Um, of course, you know, some growers like to have pumpkins, you know, ready mid September, early September to harvest and sell to the Walmarts and whatever. We aim to get ours ripe as the fall, you know, Stars. So the first week of October, we're really, you know, we're really hitting a good stroke, and they're they're going from green to orange, and they're ready to be harvested and taken home as fresh as possible. How many varieties of pumpkins do you guys grow here? So I like to kind of keep things mixed up. So I probably throw eight to ten varieties in. Okay. Um, some small, some big, some with big stems, some with you know small stems. Some, you know, the long ones that people can make big wide faces on. So <laughs> right. we try to give people an option, you know, so everyone's happy. Depending on the variety, does that kind of um, alter when it is that you would plant something? So say you said this one was sometime in June. Yeah. Would the smaller ones be planted later, maybe July? So it's nice because the, the smaller ones tend to be a little more hardy. Okay. So they will, the first couple of fruits will ripen early because as the fruit grows, as the, as the plant grows, um, it sends out, you know, runners, we call them. And as those runners or vines start to get pollinated as the flowers, you know, produce fruit, um, it's one at a time, right. right? So it's one gets pollinated and starts to grow. Then a few days later, the next one's pollinated and starts to grow. So the first few, you know, already on the early side and they keep producing as long as the conditions are right, um, especially those smaller varieties. Uh, as crops grow, how difficult is it to, to grow this bad boy here? Um... I would say that that if you have uh, a lot of a lot of acreage, uh -huh. it would be a fairly um, I'm gonna say easy, but on the easier side of crops to produce. Um, the fact that we're tight on space here is that we have to shorten our rotations in the in the field, which lead to disease problems, which lead to less yield. So I talked about biofumigation. We use uh, a, a what's called a a mustard, which uh -huh. is a that's the spicy part of the radish. Right. Those chemicals in those that mustard, um, we till into the ground and try to biofumigate without any using any harsh chemicals or anything to alleviate the soil of some of those diseases. Um, because we do have to plant the same field sometimes two years in a row, right. which is not ideal for pumpkins. Let's let's take a walk here. Sure. Uh, as as we talk, I mean, this summer 
it got cold quick, man, but it's not hard to remember how warm uh, the summer was and really wet at times. How, right. did, how did that affect this season? It was not a good year for pumpkins. Um, you know, of course, we, we do everything we can to keep them happy and, and growing. Um, one thing we do is uh, we, we use a rye cover crop we uh. plant last year. Um, we'll roll it down and plant through the rye cover crop so that the pumpkins don't actually grow on the dirt. So it separates them from that those soil borne diseases. Gotcha. Uh, but though the moisture is tough on them, you know we there's only so much you can do. Um, <laughs> right. So uh, it was a challenging year, but we uh, you know we came out on top, I think. And you know I'm happy for the sun to be shining and it to be cool. Those hot days are over, and the rain hopefully is a little more spread out now because we like rain, but not all together. And and the ideal growing condition for a pumpkin. Oh, yeah, you're right, because if it gets too hot, they won't pollinate. Right. Um, so I would say, you know, 78 to low 80s um, okay. with moisture about an inch a week. Right. Um, which, you know, if only we could control those things. <laughs> Easier said than things done. Things would be a man. lot different, wouldn't they? Just keep your fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that, I mean, by and large, that would seem like this region, the Mid-Atlantic, would be okay for growing. I mean, is this, this is pretty ideal generally speaking generally speaking generally speaking. we have a pretty good climate for pumpkins uh, you go too far south it gets too hot they can't produce them there up in the north your windows are a little smaller um, trying to get them harvested before it gets too cold right um, i will say if we had some dry a drier climate just like a lot of a lot of crops a drier climate with less moisture and if you irrigate uh, especially if you use drip irrigation you don't have the disease issues that you have with all the moisture that we have here in the mid-atlantic right yeah which is a common theme across our fruit crops and things like that all right so here we have in a row we have all different sizes of pumpkins and the one that you just had in your hand i mean this thing is huge is this just a product of being you know left on the vine for longer or this what's up man it's a special variety this is actually called a fat jack <laughs> there's, there's, there's some great names i would guess that this one's apollo um this one looks like a it looks like a, a, a magician maybe so there's a lot, a lot of different different shapes and sizes, and, and I, you know, as I'm ordering seed, um, I try to have, like I said, you know, a, a spread so that everybody's happy. Um, but no, this one, uh, the, all the stems are about this thick on these on this variety. Um, and you talked about, you know, when do you plant? So some of the bigger bigger pumpkins. So we grow, you know, two to three hundred pound pumpkins sometimes. Yeah. I start those in May. Right. So I, those need some more time and some more care um, to get as big as they do. Wait, hold on, time out. Did you say a two to 300 pound pumpkin? Yeah. That's a big pumpkin. They're called prize winners. No um, kidding. <laughs> prize winners or Atlantic Giant. So it was bred here in the, in the mid-Atlantic. Um, but they, I mean, they're bigger than you can carry. What does one do with a 200 pound pumpkin? I've seen people cut out the top. You put your kid inside. You know, the kid pops out. It's a cute... Oh, I was thinking for time out, you know? <laughs> uh, that too. That I mean, too. It, that's not something that you can make 200 pumpkin pies out of, per se. No, right? and I wouldn't think that the flavor on those, just because they're, they've, they're so big and there's so much of it, um, and it's a little older, right. um, I would think that it wouldn't be an ideal. Right. But I have had people steal the seeds out of the back of them. They would cut, they cut out of the back and steal the seeds because they want to grow them at home. Good luck growing that in your garden. <laughs> Good Lord, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's funny, though. I mean, just you look at these things, aside from the size difference, they all look very similar to me, but you're easily able to go ahead and, and pick out the different varieties right away. Yeah. I don't think that the average person understands that these actually are different varieties of pumpkins. Probably not. And, um, you know, I love sharing that with people who are interested. Um, 
Some don't want to know. Right. Some, some just like the options and, and are happy to go home with it. Um, so that's that's some part of the experience here is that, you know, the the grocery stores that have all a bin of all the same type of pumpkin. Um, yeah, that's not us. We've got options. What about um, the day to day care? Let's let's walk a little bit more. It's sure. so nice. I just kind of feel like keeping on moving. Yeah. Uh, the day to day care. So we've talked about planning. Do you guys have to come out every single day and check on the crop or? So What's that process like? I try to check on everything Mondays. I just had to grab this one because look at that stem. Like This is one that I would take home. That's a that's big a daddy stem. stem right there. Yep. And it's like I said, when you lose a stem, it's kind of, for me, it's over. But as far as care goes, um, we do, I mean, I, I check the fields. Um, well, every Monday I'm out specifically looking and, and kind of doing a, a pest management um, kind of inventory of what, we've, what we're looking at, what problems we have. But just being around here all the time, I notice things. Um, some of the diseases are our biggest problem here, but usually we irrigate. We have irrigation in this field if we need it. We never put the pipe in this year because it rains so much. Right. Um, so there's so much you can do, but pumpkins are, are pretty low maintenance. Um, you kind of let them ride and hope that, that the pollination sets and that the color comes along and um, that they hold their shape and that they don't melt into the ground as disease takes over sometimes. Um, but we had a good year and, you know, like I said, I'm happy to send them home with kids to carve and enjoy and, and for us to move on once November gets here. Do bugs, are they attracted to pumpkins? You're, you're mentioning disease, but I'm wondering about, you know, uh, pests themselves. Yeah. Um, there's a, a few insects at, just at germination uh-huh. um, that can be problematic with pumpkins. Uh, but, but frankly, we don't use any insecticides in our pumpkins um, probably nine years out of ten nice. just because they're not an issue okay um squash vine borer is one that's gotten to be every once in a while it'll pop up and create some issues for us and they they you know they eat down into the stem into the roots and then the plant whole plant's dead um, so there's some little things like that to keep an eye out for uh, and that's my job as farm manager here is to make sure that we're on track to get the you know the crops that we need gotcha for the uh for the end result here all right, now, I'm going to apply everything that you have told me so far about pumpkins. I feel like I've been taken to pumpkin school, thus Pumpkin 101. And I'm going to go out, and I'm going to say that this pumpkin right here, this would be a beautiful one to get, to take home. Green stem Green still. Green stem, yeah. Very fresh, just beautiful, beautiful round. I mean, I think I could carve something really nice out of this, Big Daddy. Absolutely. I mean, these are all great stems. I mean, like you said, the green one. And that's how you know you can get a gauge on how, on how long it's been cut. Uh-huh. Um, you know, if it's, if it's, as long as it's solid, it's not soft, you, know, you don't have a problem with it rotting. Right. But you know it's a little more fresh when it's green like that. Right on. I mean, this is, that's a serious, serious, like if you've only bought pumpkins in the store, you're kind of missing out on this whole experience. Hey, look at that. I can barely fit my hand around the size of this stem. That's really thick. The vine that these things grow on, is it also like pretty thick and hardy as well? Yeah, the, the vines can be pretty pretty massive. And something also about planting, um, the bigger the varieties, the more space you need to give them or else they'll compete with each other. Right. So we try to get varieties that are all similar because um, some of the big ones, they're called Cronus, they'll get, you know, this big Cronus. Anyway. It's a yeah, great name. You're, you're, you're supposed to plant them further apart, sure. more space, so sure. they're, they're happier. Yeah. So yeah. what what, uh, what else do people need to know about pumpkins here? So we've talked about growing and the ideal conditions and the planting and the harvesting. and I think something that's that's people get excited about, um, you know, we sell pumpkins as early as September. Oh. 
And if you carve that pumpkin, there's no way it's going to make it until Halloween. So you bring up, we're okay today's date, but uh, you know, next year, don't carve your pumpkin early because it's not going to make it. Yeah, okay, okay, see now, so this is a good question. How long does do you have once you carve that pumpkin? Once the knife goes in there, man, I mean, you're on a clock. How long is that clock? What's would, the countdown? It, it depends on the weather and where it's sitting. So if it's sitting in the sunlight and it's 80 degrees outside, I would say you've got a week or less. Oh. Um, if it's in the shade or partial shade and it's cool like it is today, you've got two weeks, 10 days, two weeks. Wow, that's not a long time. It's not. Um, you know, think about other produce in your in your house. You know, you cut something up. How long is it going to last for? Touche, sir. Yeah. Touche. Yep. That's a big one that I like to share with people to make sure they don't get too excited. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, we've all seen people with those pumpkins that uh, are just sadly hanging on the doorstep right until Santa Claus comes down the chimney in yeah. December. Yeah. It is a uh, yeah. That's quite the sight. All right. And well, actually, I mean, it's from a, a some time gone by, but. This, oh. was the, this was the original stem that, that grew and the vines that, that come off of it. Of course, it's been trampled and frozen now right. by some frost, but that was the uh, original plant that grew some of these pumpkins here. Okay. That's, I mean, that's like a branch. Again, that's that's really thick. Very solid, yep. Indeed, that's hardy. And those 300-pound pumpkins I was talking about, they get, I mean, some of the stems get, I mean, send yeah, them like up a tree to, trunk. Yeah, send them up to Louisville, make some baseball bats, right? <laughs> It's pumpkin bats. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, look, uh, this is great. We've taken a walk through the patch here. Why don't we head down to the store? We'll continue the conversation. Sounds great. How many different varieties are there here, man? Because seriously, I'm looking around and I'm, I'm seeing at least a dozen, maybe two dozen? Dozens. And even, you know, the, the regular jack-o'-lanterns, they're all different varieties. You know, whether a little bit bigger, a little smaller, thicker stem, smaller stem, they're all different varieties. So, uh, yeah, dozens. Yeah. Well, all right. So let's let's kind of take a walk through this here. It's not a pumpkin patch. I'm just going to call this like a pumpkin mecca. I don't know what else sure. to call this. That sounds and, good. Uh, you tell us a little bit about each type of pumpkin. So, actually, let's start with the small ones, you know, just yeah. so they don't get over look look at this one these are called wing gourds okay. and these are great because they're super super hardy um, you know they're thick and solid so less likely to, to rot on your front step um, or give you any problems they're pretty solid and they'll last all the way through uh, Thanksgiving this is for cooking I would assume or is this more of a decorative piece? these are decorative not a lot of meat inside um, just kind of solid okay yeah all right we're getting down to the end on our baby booze but these are the these are what they call the white the white small pumpkins here um of course in the sunlight they start to lose their lose their color so they turn a little more yellow than white so early in the season we, we kind of shield them and protect them from getting too much sun on them um so yeah getting to the end of those but they are again just a beautiful decorative piece that's a little different than the average uh orange one are they called boo because they're white maybe resemble what, a ghost the seed companies and, and the growers who develop these seeds they get to name them whatever they want so there's some odd names that come through and uh <laughs> you know it's kind of a fun uh it's kind of a fun thing these are actually called pumpkimons no pumpkimons as yep. in pokemon correct nice and i don't know who or when that came about but you know just having that name you know that we'll sell a few just for the name i would think so so uh now we have kind of the smaller traditional orange pumpkin now are right. these uh, are all of the small pumpkins, are these just basically going to be decorative? Yeah, exactly. Um, and we call these JBLs Jack B. Littles. <laughs> um, that's a term that, we've, that flies around pretty commonly around here. But yeah, and they're all different, 
different, you know, a little bit taller, kind of an odd cone shape. Um, so, you know, anything from the standard, kind of a flat, traditional pumpkin look to uh, kind of an odd look. And that's the fun thing about these small ones is that they're great for decorative. So the little kids, you know, if they want a pumpkin that's maybe not a massive jack-o'-lantern that's a little right. more expensive, right. uh, they can take a few of these home and have one on their desk at school or even your desk at work um, to kind of remind you that it's fall and give you a little... A little light in your morning, you know? Now, is this just a traditional jack-o'-lantern pumpkin that was picked earlier? Is that why it's smaller? Is this a different variety altogether? Specifically a different variety. Okay. Um, and each plant on these, for these Jack B. Littles, will, will probably produce 20 to 30. Oh, wow. Um, you know, little little pumpkins. While on a jack-o'-lantern, they'll produce five to eight, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Those are the, the big daddies of them. Yes. Uh, and of course, this has a, a green strand in it. Um, it's actually a virus that kind of creates that different color. Really? So, yep. Um, so at some point, they were bred into this to kind of get a different look. Uh, the producers, you know, they try to give you as many options as, as they can um, of, you know, different stuff. So this is an odd one that we don't sell quite as many of just because it's not as, as pretty, you might say. But I think it's unique in its own, in its own right. For sure. We watch our stems pretty, pretty carefully around here. When we're, when we're moving pumpkins, I talk to all the kids about... If it loses a stem, that's the end of the pumpkin because we don't want to sell a pumpkin without a nice stem on it, and that's kind of adds the character to it. Um, here we have kind of the school kid size. You know, these are what people would call your sugar pumpkin, or we call it a field trip. Is another variety, also mystic or um, magician. There's a lot of different different names for similar sizes here, okay. but um, specifically some of these. They're called sugar or pie pumpkins, and they are what you'd find in your grocery store um, to make a pumpkin pie out of. Um, I don't. I think it's a fine pumpkin to make a pumpkin pie out of. I made one out of something like this last week, but we'll talk about some of the other specialty ones here in a minute that I think are a little, a little sweeter um, and some better flavor. Okay. Yeah, I am curious about the cooking process on this because I think you know when people cook with pumpkin, I would think the vast majority of us are used to going and getting that can of pumpkin or that box of pumpkin puree. Mm -hmm. yeah. I would assume that getting it fresh adds a whole other layer of flavor to it. It does, and you know I gotta say I don't know if the last time I had a pumpkin pie that was out of a can just because I'm spoiled. You are spoiled. I'm spoiled. You're the exception, yeah. sir. You are the, the <laughs> exception to the rule. Well, I think the big misconception is that people people assume that your pumpkin pie mix comes from a pumpkin like this, a regular jack-o'-lantern. But um, really the kind of the gourds and the squashes um, that are specifically bred for that flavor, what they use... And I know a lot in the Midwest, they harvest, the big farms harvest uh, pumpkins for that filling. And it's not what you would think. Yeah, do the kids gravitate to these? They're like, ew, what is that? Some of both. Um, the varieties there are called uh, Warty Goblin or Goosebumps. Um, and they're just something odd. You know, it is also a virus that was bred into these to give it those, uh, that odd look. The warts on these things are <laughs> huge. They're not warts. These are knots, man. Yeah, and you, and you learn something about people who, who like the clean-cut look versus some of the folks who want the oddball stuff that, you know, is different. Um, so it's fun to talk with folks and, and about their, what they're looking for and uh, kind of the direction they lean in. What do you think our videographer, Emily, what kind of person is she? Is she I, a clean cut or is she a warty? I feel like she would be pumped for a warty one. I would think she's a warty person, too. <laughs> she doesn't discriminate when it comes to produce. <laughs> she's shaking her head, by the way. She's confirming warty all the way. Well, I'll show you the neck pumpkins and the Cinderella's over here. Um, I guess officially they're called crook necks, but these are are very similar to like a butternut squash. I was just going to say, it yeah, looks like I mean, a you big can, butternut squash. You can see how close they are. So again, great for, for cooking, um, you know, butters, pies, desserts. Uh, that's kind of what we advertise these for because there's so much flesh in here and uh, it's got that sweet flavor. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Um, if getting into the pumpkin world more, these are called Cinderella. Um, it's a French heirloom variety, so it hasn't been touched by any bre any breeders. Uh, kind of, it's you know, the standard that you would see you know 100 years ago maybe. Right. Um, and so I have cooked with one of these. Um, I cooked a pie with one of these Cinderellas. Uh, you can see kind of that orange flesh. That's you know, uh -huh. even though they lost its stem here, but it's a it's a great color on the inside here. Um, and again, just uh, you know, great for for pie, any kind of winter recipe, um, like you would for with a fall squash. Let me ask. I mean, you see all different shades of orange here. Mm -hmm. The darker the orange, is that more the sweeter the flesh is going to be? I would. You know, I can't guarantee that, but from what I've, I've gathered over the years, yes. Uh, the color comes with when it's mature, so when they're harvested a little immature, I mean, they're still fine. This is a little on the light side. Um, it would probably be fine, but I would, if I was picking one, go with something a little bit more of a dark red color. Yeah, you know? that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that looks, and plus, some of these monsters, ah, you could probably get a couple different meals out of this thing for sure. No kidding. How heavy is that? That's probably 25 to 30 pounds. That's a big pumpkin. Yeah, they're dense. Very dense. Dense pumpkin. And we'll walk down to, it's called Pumpkin Alley sometimes. The fairy tale is very similar to the Cinderella, not in the look, but in the flavor. Um, another heirloom. Um, and again, I mean, feel this thing. <sighs> Carry that. That's a serious pumpkin. Super right dense. The ribs are really neat on these and, and. Almost looks like a bunch of pickles kind of strung together. Mm hmm. That's. That is heavy, Jack. Let me tell you what. Good <laughs> gracious. This is kind of green, but is it? you're saying like it's good for pie, so I'm assuming it has somewhat of a sweet flavor to it as well? It does. The interior, and, and you can see how heavy it is, and that's a representation of how thick that flesh is. Um, so a lot of meat in there to, to throw in the oven and, yeah, like I said, feed for a couple days for a whole family. Right on. Yeah. Um, I've got the Jaredale here which is another kind of an heirloom variety. Of course, some blue hubbards are mixed in, which are an also a good cooking pumpkin. But, uh -huh. um, but the Jaredales I really like, it's one of my favorite to cook with. Um, again, super dense, super heavy. They're not quite as big. They don't usually get as big, which is nice. It's a little easier to work with. Um, but, I mean, you medium know. Medium sweet. Yeah, Strain medium with. sweet. So I wouldn't use it for your, you know, for your sweeter, I mean, the pies and butters right. and things, but just like as a fall squash type meal, um, you know, with some, with some pasta on top or some sauce on top and uh, some veggies and thrown in, easy meals. Uh, that says stringless. Is that, like, I'm thinking in that case, maybe like a spaghetti squash that does have that stringy kind of consistency. Yep. This is more smooth. Right. It's more of a, of a I want to say pudding, but that's kind of the, the, the image that comes to mind. Right. Versus, okay. like you said, spaghetti is just super stringy. Right. Um, Moonshine. Moonshine, Lumina. I'm assuming this is grown in the south? No, um, actually, God, it's... Come on, Barkley. Come on. Come on. Come on, man. Come <laughs> well, I was going to say, at one of the places um, I go to buy some of these odd pumpkins, there's a guy from South Carolina who buys. Aha. Uh -huh. And uh, they, it's, it's too hot down there for the pumpkins to pollinate, so they don't have any pumpkin crops at all. But it would. Nonetheless. Again, just a uh, decorative pumpkin that you know people like to carve sometimes as well. Now, these are odd looking. Yeah, and I actually had a customer... The day that we brought these out of the field, she was waiting here for them. Really? And I said, how did you know we were... She's like, I was just hoping that you guys would have them because you're the only place around that has them. Um, they're called turban squash or a Turk's turban. And Look at that. I don't even know what to begin if it's, you know, some sort of hybrid between a pumpkin and a gourd. And, um, yeah, it's a little bit odd. But it is, it is a, a great for your front step, you know, just because it's so odd. But uh, I know the woman who, who was really... She picked up 
eight or ten of these things. She um, she stuffs them with like a you know some you know whatever mix you want to put together, put it back in and serves it you know like a stuffed pepper almost. It's got that dark color to it, so gotta have somewhat of a sweet taste to it. I, I, would I think. think so. Yep. Okay. I haven't cooked with one this year, but last year my wife um, I actually made soup with uh, with one of these. Gotcha. And she's she's ready to get me right back on. in the kitchen. The peanut I'm running a little low on, but from what I've been told, the peanuts on the outside here are the sugars. So the more peanuts on the outside of the pumpkin, the more sugars there are. Right. Um, Named that because this looks like a peanut shell. Absolutely. kind of surrounding it. Yep. And this one is, is a really sweet move for a pie. Um, gotcha. And that's what, I've, that's what I've used also in the past. I would imagine... Like you pick this up and it just it likes to flake. So I'm assuming like if you take this in the kitchen, like you're gonna have some serious cleanup afterward, right? Yeah, and these things are I mean like like most gourds and things to cook with, uh, to cut through there is e is not easy. So you want to be careful, you know, putting a knife through that. Yeah. because uh, it's you need some leverage. I mean, you need a saw for some of these things. <laughs> I mean, I'm half joking, half serious. There. I mean, you've got to be committed. Yeah. The Long Island cheese is probably one that I recommend the most just for a general use. Okay. Um, it's a little thinner than some of these hard-shelled ones, like the Fairy Tale or the Cinderella or the Jaredale. So it's easier to work with. Um, it's a little prettier. It and, is. And, you know, I guess it's a little more simple um, without all the big ribs and warts and things on them. It looks like it has... Uh been waxed almost it's got a real shine to it compared it, to some of the others it does yeah they're beautiful and and they're the, the flesh on the inside is um you know a nice red color just like a like a deep color um and very sweet so it's a, a nice one to use if you want to back off on your sugars or anything right you now, know the sign there notes that it has a long storage life i'm assuming store in a refrigerator or store out ideally um you know a dark cool basement okay um out of the sun um you know your front step I, I encourage that just for the decorative part of it but if you want to hang on to it keep it out of the sun because um, that's really the fluctuation in temperatures is what makes it gotcha age and deteriorate now how long if it's stored in ideal conditions would you say through the spring really yeah i mean some of those like just like those hardy crops and and you know decades and, and years ago this is the kind, they would hang on to some of these things because they would store so well. And so they were good meals because you could hang on to them like potatoes or some things like that, like root crops. That's um, insane. Yeah, so if you, I mean, if you play the, play the game right, I think absolutely you can carry it through. I mean, I, I think I got rid of mine on my front step last year in March. Get out of And that was on the front step. So, wow. Yeah. And it's still edible. And I, that was probably because my wife said it's time to get rid of the pumpkin displays it's past valentine's day did you remind her that your last name was butler and where you work i mean yeah come that's on. true that's true so that's kind of our, our spiel on on edible stuff um you know again i'm i'm the farmer so i'm growing things um but i do like to cook with them myself and encourage folks to try them out and let us know what they think and if they have a recipe they want to share with us we'd be happy to share it on social media and and uh you know it's one of those things that intimidates a lot of people i think especially these days and age where uh, less folks are comfortable in the kitchen doing different things. Um, so we're happy to, you know, give people a little, a little push into uh, back into the kitchen. But back into the store here, you guys have some nice pumpkin offerings as well, right? I can't even name a number how many pumpkin things we have. I know we have pumpkin spice hand soap, which is a little bit off the... Uh... Why don't we go take a look? How about that? that... <laughs> sure. Yeah. We're in the store and we just stumbled across pumpkin chowder. This is a nice pre-made mix here. What, what all is in there? 
You know, it's uh, it's kind of the things that if you were to do it, you know, on your own, uh-huh. um, we make it a little simple for you. So it just kind of gets all packaged up. All you got to do is add water. And I assume you could also use vegetable broth. If absolutely, yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, add some potatoes if you want to add potatoes, and you know, it's one of those things. If you want to add more, go for it. Um, but we give you the base, and it's a, a pretty quick meal. So we walk around the corner here, and now we do have hand soap, pumpkin spice hand soap. You know, that's the thing. People, they just go crazy for pumpkin everything. You know, it turns fall, man. It's like as soon as Labor Day hits, and it's like, bam, it's pumpkin everything. And so sure enough, we have moisturizing hand soap. It's true. I mean, people come looking for anything. And like I say, we don't do the, we don't do the lattes yet. But uh, just about anything else you can think of, we've got. You should. That, that smells really nice, by the way. There you go. I'm not sure if we have any pies baked this morning. We usually keep pumpkin pies. Oh, here we go. We sell a pretty dang good pie. A dang good pie. Made here on premise? Cooked here on the premise. We have a great supplier that we wow, work with. That smells really good. That uses really high quality ingredients. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a product we, we're happy to, happy to stand behind. And I'm sure that people are happy to buy it and uh, eat it. Yeah, and even Thanksgiving time, it gets a little crazy for the pies. I would imagine yeah. so. There's something else. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, we have pumpkin ice cream, so if you want to go that direction as well, never ends. No. So here we are. You were talking about the pumpkin spice soap, and mm-hmm. this the, here we are. I mean, you have legitimate bars of this soap for sale, and they're high quality. Right. People love them, right. um, and I think that you know it's a, it's a, it's one people come back for, right? Which is surprising because I don't know about you, but my hands already smell like pumpkins when I go home at the day. I'm not so, surprised. <laughs> so. Organic pumpkin and five spice herbs. There you go. There you go. It's the real deal. Yep. Pumpkin and soap. Get clean, everybody. <laughs> well, Ben, I cannot thank you enough. I've learned so much about pumpkins today. Who knew that there was, I mean, you think pumpkin, you always just think about the standard orange pumpkin. Yep. But you have shown dozens of varieties in all shapes, all sizes, all colors, some with warts, some with not. Just unbelievable. Thank you so much for the lesson. Thank you for coming. We're happy to share, and you know, it's a special time of year around here because we really love pumpkins and sharing the wealth. Butler's Orchard, it's the place to be. Millions of us suffer from high cholesterol. A lot of us getting that high cholesterol from our diet. Some would even call it an epidemic. And here at the Physicians Committee, what we do best is study the link between nutrition and health, the link between diet and health, diet and medicine. And so right now, we're actually looking to conduct a study on the effect of food and cholesterol. So to talk a little bit more about that study, we have Dr. Hanna Kaliova and clinical research specialist, Melissa Busta, and also a nurse. I am. Yes. Thank you for having us. Uh, absolutely. Thank you for being. I <laughs> don't want to shortchange your credentials. <laughs> thank you. you know? Thank you. <laughs> um, Dr. Kaliova, let's talk a little bit about this cholesterol study. What is it exactly that you're testing here? Uh, in this particular study, we're testing uh, the effect of foods on your cholesterol levels. Um, there are some studies showing that different foods have different uh, effects on your cholesterol. However, um, some industry-funded studies are trying to show that it doesn't really matter what you eat and uh, you can eat whatever you want and your cholesterol will not be affected. So we want to see if there's any effect of food that you're eating on your 
cholesterol levels. And when you say industry funded, I'm assuming you you mean maybe the egg industry, the dairy industry, the meat industry, those types of industries, correct? That's correct. So what is exactly the genesis? Why now? Why do the study right now? Um, the reason is to show that food does affect your uh, serum cholesterol, and it also affects the dietary recommendations for the Americans. Uh-huh. Melissa, I'm going to turn to you now, and I'm going to ask, so somebody calls up, they're like, hey, I'm interested in the link between diet and cholesterol, and they get selected to do this study. What can they expect? Okay, well, this is going to be a fun study, because you get to eat a delicious baked good every day. Mm. For the nine weeks. Free food? Free food. Doesn't get any better than I'm that. In. So you have to be in the D.C. area and able tra- to travel to our Friendship Heights office here in D.C. once a week. Um, you have to have been vegan for the past six months. And then you'll be getting that free baked good every day. You'll eat that. You'll also get free blood tests and your AGE red. So your advanced glycation and products. Oh, I was like, good I stuff. I, I was like, I can just tell you my age. Oh. <laughs> I don't need to be red. Like, I'm 36. Done. Uh, so, okay. So that is a fun study. Free food. like That that brings them in. I like that. I've got high hopes for this. Um, Dr. Kaliova, who is it exactly that you're looking for uh, in terms of participation here? So we're looking for vegans. Everyone who's been on a vegan diet for at least six months and lives in the D.C. area and is at least 18 years old can call us uh at 855-788-3918. Okay, give me that number one more time. 855-788-3918. Okay, and we're also going to put that number and a little bit more information up on our website, pcrm.org. Thank you guys for being here today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Well, you all pumped up for pumpkins now? Think about Think about all the things that you can do. Think about all of the wild recipes, all of those Thanksgiving crowd pleasers. We're talking about pumpkin smoothies, pumpkin stew, pumpkin bread, grilled pumpkin, baked pumpkin. Kind of feeling like Bubba from Forrest Gump, you know, just rattling off all of the different dishes that you can make. And of course, pumpkin spice everything everything, even soap. So check this out. We filmed our entire trip out to Butler's Orchard. So beautiful there. You can take a walk through the field, through the pumpkin patch with us, go through the farm store with me and see all the different types of pumpkins we've been talking about for this past hour. You, you got to check out the warty pumpkin. That thing, it looks like it's from another planet. And there was even one, it looked like an inverted neon red mushroom. An inverted neon red mushroom pumpkin. And of course, the Long Island cheese pumpkin. It's waxy, it's white, and yes, it's vegan. And so all of that, that's up on our YouTube channel. Just head over to YouTube and search for Physicians Committee. So who knew that all of these gourds could be so healthy? I had no clue, especially with the vitamin A. The pumpkin, it's a powerhouse. But I also see you, pumpkin. 
you're chock full of vitamin C. You see what I did there? But those vitamins, you know, they're giving you a little boost to the immune system. They're good for the ticker, good for the lungs and the kidneys. They even help your body absorb iron and lower the risk of cancer. All good things. So think about that the next time you get ready to carve up that jack-o'-lantern. It is more than just a festive decoration. It is a health heavyweight. Pumpkin 101. And if you didn't know, now you know. Many thanks to Lee Crosby, dietitian from Barnard Medical Center, and Ben Butler from Butler's Orchard. Thank you guys so much for your lessons today. Now, plugs before we wrap things up. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WLC. That's Carol with two R's and two L's, the WLC standing for Weight Loss Champion. And the Physicians Committee is at PCRM on Twitter and at Physicians Committee on the gram. And you can subscribe to the exam room if you have not already done so. Subscribe to the exam room by the Physicians Committee on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever the podcasts are, that's where we are as well. Go ahead, subscribe, leave us a five-star rating and a nice comment. You would be helping us out tremendously. But the biggest thing that you can do, the best thing that you can do is to share these shows with your friends and your family. Post them up on Facebook. Tweet them out. We want to inform as many people as possible about the science and the health benefits of a plant-based diet. For everyone here at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion Chuck Carroll. Thanks for listening.